Shifta by Alizaba, the online school for creativity, power C-Space. There is no future without female creators. Bienvenidas, bienvenidos. Welcome to a brand new season of Women at Work by Hey. It is so exciting to be back. Our last show was in June 2021, and since then, many things have happened, and we all know that. Um, although one thing remains the same, the need to create female spaces to raise our voices. Women at Work, a universe and a podcast in this case, dedicated to female creative entrepreneurs and inspiring figures, is determined to keep on doing so. And uh, we have news this season, very hot news. For we have a new supporter, the, uh, they are Shifta by Elisava, big hugs from here and thank you so much. And uh, since today is a very special day because opening a new season is something that um, we doubted it would happen, like we are very thankful to all of you listeners, um, we have a very exceptional guest for this first Women at Work 2022. She became very famous here in Barcelona not long ago because she was the mastermind behind the last La Merced image. You might remember that um, if you're in Barcelona. Uh, she also has an incredible career illustrating in publications such as The New Yorker, Vogue, Penguin Books and many, many, many others. Malika Fabre, welcome to Women at Work. Hello. It's a pleasure. Malika, speaking about La Merced and, um, which is the icon, like the image of the Barcelona's festivities that you did, um, the whole, the whole illustration for it. It's incredible how everybody loved it. And being in a place where we love to argue, that's a very big accomplishment. Like that's a miracle. Thank you. Well, I was the first one surprised, actually. I mean, not surprised, but kind of like I was, I was expecting some kind of, you know, critics and downfall. And I was, to be honest, I was warned by all my friends here. And uh, so it was even more amazing, you know, when it, when it ended Indeed. up the, being, being a consensus. It was amazing. And um, how has Barcelona welcomed you? Because I know that you've moved here right before the, the everything mayhem started. Yeah. Um, no, to be honest, I got, I mean, apart from that fact, um, no, I think I got pretty lucky. I really feel that when I arrived, like Barcelona and especially the creative scene kind of welcomed me, like, you know, with open arms. Um, also, it, it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of my friends here and a lot of my connections here, like even like Vero, you know, from mm -hmm. Hey, yeah. are people I met around the world in conferences. That's amazing. So, yeah. So in a way, when I arrived, I already knew, I already had some connection that I had made over the years and it, it made moving much easier, to be honest. Indeed. Indeed. I can imagine, um, especially coming from London, like the weather is a big difference. No, everything is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to adapt. <laughs> Indeed. Um, where did your passion for illustration and aesthetics in general begin? Because I read that your mother was an artist too, if I remember well. Yeah. 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 My mum was an artist. I mean, she was never, she was a stay at home mum. She, she never made it a career. Um, I think she kind of, yeah, she, she didn't really have like, you know, this kind of business sense to make it a career. And it was also a different time, to be honest. Um, but yeah, of course she was touching everything. She was sculpting. She was, you know, painting on wow. ceramics. She was drawing. She was everything. She was doing everything. And I think she, she saw that I, I was very passionate about it from like very young age. And so she taught me everything. She pushed me. And That's amazing. Yeah, I was drawing every day. Wow. Um, 
But I've heard, and I don't know if this is one of these Wikipedia things that we shouldn't really pay attention to, that you had a <laughs> moment with quantum engineering. Did someone yeah, just put that there or was that true? No, I think some of that is true, but uh, <laughs> a lot of that is a bit made up. Like it's making me look like way smarter than I actually am. <laughs> um, no, the reality of it is um, it's also the context of France, you know, being in a, going to school in Paris in the 80s. Uh, I first went into scientific studies uh-huh. because it was kind of a given in France. It was like, if you're at school and you're good at math, you're going to do that. You're going to start studying science because it gives you more option later yes, on in life. It's one of those but, serious things yeah. that you do. Exactly. But also, I really loved it. Like, I was a geek. Aww. I really loved science. And well, in a way, I think you can see the influence of mathematics in my work. Indeed. Like all the so, geometrics and the... Exactly. Constructing patterns. Mm-hmm. I love calculating things, uh, which is a bit strange. I also love um, uh, accounting, which is quite weird how, for an artist. How yeah, can you love accounting? I know. It's one it's of those weird. things that nobody likes. <laughs> I just love numbers. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like the numbers behind the the beauty, let's say. The... Well, let's say it's a system, you know, it's, hmm. it's a very organized system. So I think there is something that, yeah, I mean, most, I think most artists really hate that part. But uh, to be honest, it's, it's always been one of my guilty pleasures. Amazing. Doing my, doing my taxes. I don't intend, to, I, I don't attempt to do it in Spain because it's way <laughs> too complicated. But maybe, in the UK, it was much easier. Maybe it's here when you will start to hate it because in Spain, it's everything. It's a bit more complicated as always. Yeah. Um, when... Like you started um, your career and then when was the first time that you felt that you were getting one of those commissions? Like, yes, I've made it. I've I've got something that I love doing and I'm doing a career out of it. I think it happened. It happened quite quickly in a way. But at the same time, it took, I mean, on yeah, on mm. another hand, it took a lot of time because I first started as a designer in a uh, graphic design studio right. uh, in London and I worked there for five years. So I didn't start off thinking I was going to be an illustrator. Mm-hmm. For me, I was like, I was a designer who could draw well. And I think the, the design studio knew how to use my skills, but I didn't think uh, being an illustrator was viable, you right, know, in terms yes. of jobs. So I think it's in a way, these five years in the design studio, it really gave me time to find my voice without the pressure of having to leave of it. And, and I left when I, I left when I was 28. So some say it's early, some say it's late, you know, and, but as soon as I left, I think I had prepared the ground pretty well because I had all this time. And mm. so I got lucky so that one of the first commission I got was doing the Kama Sutra book cover for oh, penguins. Yes. Oh yeah. And so that's in a way I got lucky that that first project, which came out two years later, like old books, um, <laughs> was, was quite a, a defining project in my career, you know, and really put me on the map. Indeed. So say it, it took me a long time to find my style, but once I did uh, and I launched myself, uh, I got lucky pretty quickly. And how is it when you see, uh, how is it working for like cover illustrations for like the New Yorker and Vogue? Like it, th- those are things that everybody in the world can see. Like it's, it's massive. How is it working like for? Oh, it was amazing. No, it was amazing. I mean, especially like Vogue, I've done one cover, but New Yorker, I've done, I think, 13 now, mm-hmm. by now. And for me, like, to be honest, it was a dream. Like, it was kind of one of these things where, right. like, you know, the, the bucket list, uh, my bucket list, but without thinking I was actually going to end up doing it, was, oh, I want a cover for the New Yorker. One day I will do it, right? One day. And it happened in, wow. I remember, the first cover was in 2016. So it was five years after mm-hmm. I went freelance. 
Um, and I mean, that feeling when I received that email, you wow. know, from Francoise was just like, I still remember <laughs> the day and I still remember the feeling. And it was like, oh my God, like, you know. Were I'm, you scared I'm, a little bit? Yeah, I was, I was, I was shit scared. <laughs> <laughs> and actually I was so scared, but it arrived. I think everything, um, there is a logic to everything. And at that point in my life, I already had decided to turn down um, a lot of work in order to get some more free time to do more editorial projects. Okay. Because I think before that, like six months to a year before that time, um, I, I had way too much work. I was doing too much advertising and I was, I, I kind of had a burnout. Mm -hmm. And so I made a conscious decision to always free up 30% of my time for this project that kind of land mm. at the last minute. And so when the New Yorker came in, I had the luxury of taking two weeks off just to work on New Yorker ideas. Wow. Because they just asked me to send some ideas. I didn't have a cover. You know, it was just like, send me what you got and let's see if we can do one. And I think I sent something like 30 covers. Oh my God. <laughs> I went bonkers. <laughs> they were <laughs> like, I, okay, thank you. Exactly. I think I was definitely keen. You could see that. And I think Francoise replied something like, yeah, I think we can find something in there to publish. <laughs> and, I'm and I had the first one three weeks later. Wow. Wow. And then 30 more. Exactly. And then it's once you, you enter this family, wow. you know, you can, you're kind of part of a family, you know, mm -hmm. from times to time they have specific subjects that they think would be good for me. But also sometimes I just send like my last cover, for example, uh, which was a fashion cover with a, the black woman and the striped dress. Mm. Uh, it's actually, a, a, I sent a bunch of sketches without no one asking me saying, I've got some ideas for covers. And one of them got selected. Amazing. Amazing. I think this is very inspiring for, for like young women that are listening to us because, you know, these things actually happen and, and it's good to, to know that, that other women did it before, right? Yeah. Um, but talking about something that is traditionally suffered by women and that is the imposter syndrome. I don't know if you ever had that situation in which you thought like, um, I'm not that good. I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know. It's something really common. That's why I ask. Like, yeah, but I, I don't know if it's specific to women. Maybe it's kind of enhanced with women. Hmm, but I it think is. It's, it is it's, like it's more yeah. prone to being women. Yeah, but I think creatives in general is a mm. different breed. I think any creative has the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely have it. I mean, I think I had it last week, to be honest. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> like, yes, See? yes. Yeah. It happens to me. It's like... You know, I mean, of course you get, you need, you know, some degree of self-confidence and, and of course I believe in what I do and, and, you know, it's like sometimes I actually like the work, you know, when I look at something I did and I'm like, oh my God, I really like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm such a megalo. <laughs> <laughs> But then there are also times where I'm like, maybe it's a lie, you know, maybe everyone thinks I'm way better than I am. I'm a fraud. But I think we all, are. I mean, all creatives have that too. I think it's kind of healthy. It keeps mm. you sane and it keeps you, you know, not being a dick. Yeah, it makes maybe. you challenge yourself in a in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also, I think it, it can be really dangerous if you have it too much because mm. then it kind of paralyzes you and, and you can't do anything. So you can't move forward or you're kind of really slow. But I think if you have a good, you need a healthy amount of it, mm -hmm. I think, in order to, to keep going. Like the right balance. Yeah. This is a, the, the next question is a bit of a cliche, but I do believe that I really wanted to ask you this because your illustrations always strike to me as 
a story. Like it's some, it's yeah. like part of a story that's bigger than that illustration. Something that has been happening before, then there's illustration, and then something happens afterwards. So, where do you find your your inspiration for your for your art? That's a good question, actually. I have no idea. Really? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, I think it's, it's something that you get asked a lot and, and it's ve- for me, it's very hard to pinpoint exactly where the inspiration comes from. The only thing I can say is that it doesn't come that much from research or from, mm. you know, from kind of intentionally seeking inspiration. I think for me, it comes more from life, like, right. you know, being curious, observing, I think a lot of illustrators are big observers of the world. Like we look at it. Uh, and I think ideas come like that when you're kind of open. Because the only thing I realized is that if I'm locked in in my flat when I was actually working too much and I was not getting out, not having a social life, not mm. traveling, uh, inspiration ran completely dry. Like I stopped having any inspiration. So I think the way it works is like I take things from outside. I digest them. Uh, subconsciously in a way and somehow it feeds my creativity pool and it comes out in the shape of a story six months later yeah maybe that's kind of my two cents about make it make absolute sense so i'm i'm if we have to sum up something is that taking some rest and enjoying yourself is very good for your creativity I think living, living, living and being curious, being curious about people, trying to understand people and the world and how things work and this is important. Observing, yes, exactly. Um, what do you find, like when you are faced with a, with a new commission, with a new challenge, with a new project that you need to do, what do you find more accessible to do and what do you find that's most difficult for you, if there is anything? Um, what do I find? That's a, that's a tricky one. I actually have a, I think I almost have like a system for when I get a project. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the, the, the tricky part is always finding the concept. It's always finding that big idea because it's very easy to repeat myself, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and, exactly. and sometimes I do it <laughs> like an illustrator's because, you know, you can't come up with an absolutely original new thing. Who doesn't, every right? Time. Yeah. But I think there is always this, I, I always want to find something new it's like i think i'm my worst critic i think sometimes maybe the client would take something more expected in a way but but i feel bad about that so so i think i really push myself and struggle to find that story that idea and once i find it the drawing part the actual you know Mm -hmm. skills part and aesthetic and colors this comes super easy but i think the thinking behind it is is always a challenge and um because you've been an illustration for, uh, and you have a, a settled career ready. How would you say that this illustration, and maybe we can make it a bit broader, like the design art world, world the, from your perspective, how does it treat women? Well, I think it's it's almost a bit tricky when you're because I'm I'm working for myself, so I'm kind of like I think I'm working in a bubble, like a lot of lot of freelancers. Um, my bubble treats women really well. Hmm. <laughs> but my bubble is not the world. Yeah. So, so I think there is definitely things have improved and I'm really happy actually to be seeing more and more contemporary illustrators, you know, being at the top of their game and being women. Mm-hmm. Because for example, even, even the New Yorker until recently, until not that long ago, you know, the majority, the vast majority of covers were drawn by men. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's almost like, 
it's not about talking about positive discrimination, but it's, it's about kind of questioning as well, you know, do you have a good balance? You know, do you, do you go to the obvious? Because if you go to the obvious in terms of uh, commissioning an illustrator or designer, the chances are it's going to be a man. Oh, yeah. Just by numbers, yeah. you know? So I think sometimes in certain projects, it's good to make a conscious effort, um, you know, to, to, yeah, to, to also commission women. But at the same time, the women you commission have to be as good. Exactly. You know, it's not about, you know, oh, it's a woman, so she's going to, you know, fit my quota. It's like, yeah. And I think as well, it's changing because more and more women are speaking, you know, more and more women are participating in podcasts like yours, are, you know, getting out there. And I think it's, it can only have a positive impact. So to be honest, I'm a, I'm an optimist. That's a very good message. I love that. Um, and I've read this many times when we talk about art, design, literature, anything connected or created by a woman, they always have to be described as female literature or um, female art or um, she focuses a lot on feminism or whatever. Yeah. Do you think that it will come a time when what we do as women will only be just literature or just art without having to always make that notch about being something about female or about women? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think it's, it's, I think it's already happening. Like I actually think in my, in my case, somehow it comes out more that I'm French rather than I'm a woman. Actually, a lot of people think I'm a guy. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably because of the Kama Sutra. <laughs> because they don't know if the name is feminine or masculine. But so yeah, I think it's definitely, it's definitely going to change. But I think it's also like, um, I think a lot of women, I mean, I'm doing it myself, you know, I, 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 I draw from what I know mm -hmm. and I draw from my, my own situation. And so I think it's only natural that a lot of my work focused around women empowerment and women in general, because, because it's needed and I'm not expecting a guy to talk about it. Exactly. You know? So I think it's also, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's also about, um, I think the more this, yeah, the more we're evolving as society and the more parity we're going to get, the less of a real theme, of a real big theme it will be because it, it won't be needed anymore. Do you know what I mean? It will be, so it won't be talked about, but I think it's a, it's a long way. Still. It won't be a description anymore. It will be something like yeah. it is what it is and that's it. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it will happen that way. Um, as I said before, um, on the introduction, This season two of Women at Work, we have a new sponsor. Um, it's called Shifta by Elisava. And it's a digital creator school. And, um, because we focus a lot on new generations and women, women creators and female new artists that want to come and want to do their thing and want to have their say. And, um, I was wondering, what would you say to those young women that try to, to find their place and to work and to have a career? in the creative world? What would you say to them? Um, what would I say to them? I, I mean, I'd say like, you know, first, first thing is work hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it is really work hard. Um, you know, be nice to people. Put, it, it's, a, it's a mix of push yourself, but don't put too much pressure on yourself. Because I think women, we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And we feel like we're carrying every other woman with us on the road, you know, and, and, and it shouldn't be like that. You know, it's kind of surround yourself. I think this is the important thing as well. Surround yourself by the right people. Mm -hmm. So you don't feel, you know, so there are people who empower you and not people who bring you down or make you doubt. Um, 
So I think this is important and, and support each other. Hmm. And I think as, you know, there is this myth that women are really competitive and I think it's, it's total bullshit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a fake. I don't know who invented that. Probably a guy, but a <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, exactly. But it's absolutely not true. And I think there is a real solidarity between women and that's something that can really help. Hmm. Exactly. Um, cause, I guess that things change with time and like even creative processes change with time. So I was wondering, how did you feel the first time that you started, the first times when you started illustrating? How do you feel now? Like what, what have stayed with you and what has left you? Like, what, is there any feeling that has always been with you during your career in illustration and something that you have left behind already? I think, well, a lot of things have changed, of course, because you kind of, yeah, you get to know the industry, you get to know the projects, you get, I think I still have that real happiness moment mm. when I, you know, when I know I'm onto something good, like, you know, I still get that like excited, you know, excitation, like as if I was like a little girl, yeah. like when a New Yorker cover comes yeah, out that's or, amazing. Or, or when I receive like a prototype or a sample of something or a book or, or I, I still get that same feeling that I got when I was a little kid. Mm. So I think it, it goes even further, but then other feelings have, have changed. I think I'm also much more, in a way, much more defensive now. Uh, because you can't, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm also more jaded. You know, I can read in between the lines of the brief. I get, you know, I get amazed less yeah. often. <laughs> and uh, I get more frustrated. I think it's a constant battle for me. Like, it's always been and it will always be. It's a constant battle of kind of trying to fight yeah, being jaded and, and, and also feeling used because there is this feeling. I don't mm. know if other illustrators have it, but sometimes I have this feeling of like, oh, now, for example, now that I'm drawing a lot of women empowering illustration and, and, you know, for the New Yorker, a lot of people want to use that, mm. but not for the right reason. You know, right. they're, you know, they just want to again, you know, take that and keep it, take it for their brand and, you know, look cool. And it's always having to be, I'm a little bit more suspicious now, yeah. basically. Yeah. I think I'm less naive. Um, any, I, I, I've got this question that I always love doing. Um, and it's also about some sort of advice, but not the one that you would give. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Someone has told you. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> it's actually from my, <clears throat> it's from my grandfather. Oh, my grandfather was an amazing, amazing man. Uh, he was a very good businessman. He was a business businessman. And, um, my father, so his son, uh, was absolutely rubbish at business. He's like the worst businessman. He's a pure chicken. Um, and, and so he basically couldn't teach his own kids about business. So he ended up trying to teach me and my brother from like, <laughs> we were really, really young and we we're going to visit him in his office. And he was, he kept telling us things, you know, that we, and, and actually it stayed with us. And, and the one thing that stayed with me is one day he told me to make money, you have to spend money. Oh, that's it. That's very good. That's, that's very it. good, it, actually. I always kept it. <laughs> and it's true. Say so you have to invest in yourself. Yeah, 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 indeed. And in your happiness, too, and in your time, definitely. Everything. 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 Malika, thank you so much for being here at Women at Work. Um, I think that was the best thank start you. of the season, too, that we could imagine. But thank you so much, and you can come back whenever you want. Yay! Thank you. And to our listeners, thanks for being there. And welcome again to Women at Work by Hey Season 2.